And if you're not authentic and you don't have a purpose and you don't have a reason and you're not true to what you say you're going to do and you're not different from what's out there, it's very hard to, to be the next great one. You got to be open to it, taking advice from as many people as you can. You don't have to always um, follow that advice, but I think hearing as much as you can so you can kind of put it against what you know is, is, is a great way to succeed as well. You need an hour or two to get out where you talk about different topics and you think you you may think you don't have time to do that, but the time that it's going to give you back to clear your mind and like you said earlier on, kind of meditate and get yourself grounded uh, usually is going to pay off tenfold. So on this episode, we're going to be talking CPG brands getting into grocery stores, the principles, how to prep your brand, how to pitch your brand, how to raise capital and how to keep your brand in grocery stores. It's a great episode you do not want to miss, so do stay tuned. Retail and e-commerce have witnessed an unprecedented transformation in the last decade. The widespread adoption of mobile technology, social media, as well as the lowered cost of cloud-based technology have not only eroded the barriers to entry in retail, but it's also led to the rapid rise and dominance of digital native product brands that sell directly to their customers. On this podcast, you'll get the scoop on customer acquisition and retention strategies employed by high-growth digital native product brands. Not being afraid to spend because you know that customer is going to pay it back uh, three or four-fold. That's when you start to unlock channels in the way that they were meant to be used. And Listen to interviews with experts at the forefront of technology and innovation in digital retail. Three years ago, they wouldn't have come to us because, yeah, the macro trend of cloud, Wi-Fi, broadband availability, that was a real, that was a real problem. Hear first-hand stories from founders of innovative direct-to-consumer brands. Although I was thinking about the competition, I was more thinking about, like, how do I just build a freaking successful business? We focus on driving as much traffic as possible, converting that traffic, uh, and then dumping money back into driving more traffic. These insights will help you consistently 2x growth in specific areas of your direct-to-consumer brand. This is the 2x e-commerce podcast, hosted by Kunle Campbell. Hi, 2Xers. Welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast. I'm your host, Kune Campbell. The 2X e-commerce is a podcast dedicated to digital commerce insights for retail and e-commerce teams. So each week on this podcast, um, I interview a commerce expert, a founder of a digital native consumer brand or representative from a best-in-class e-commerce SaaS platform to just help you essentially grow. So their remit is to enable you to provide data, you know, data to provide their stories, to provide their insights, to provide their experience um, that has um, delivered the growth of, of metrics such as conversions, average order value, repeat customers, your audience size, and ultimately your gross merchant value. Um, my my purpose here in this podcast is to help you sell more sustainably, you know, as a commerce brand, um, to build out your brand, to, 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 to grow um, from a marketing perspective and, and essentially, you know, um, fulfill your, your your company's mission and purpose now on today's episode um you're about to to, to listen to to, to, to a podcast i had with um jim dory now jim dory i actually met him um i met him in october i i um i i flew out to to california um in october um for a weekend um to join um the think billions event which is um hosted by by howard payne we call him howie payne um who you know built a billion dollar brand exited that um built another brand worth hundreds of millions of dollars um in the fitness space and then he's He's still running that, and then he's he's doing another sort of um, food and beverages, food and beverage brand, um, a, a mission-driven food and beverage brand. Again, so so he's he's a mutual friend, and Jim's expertise, Jim's Jim Dory's expertise, is in distribution. He's worked for retailers, for grocery stores, two big grocery stores under his belt, um, and he understands distribution. He's also written a book. And on this episode, we go through the principles of getting your e-commerce brand, your CPG brand, particularly CPG brands or FMCG brands, fast moving consumer product brands, 
onto retail stores and keeping them on retail stores because it's one thing getting to retail stores and it's another thing staying in retail stores. So he gives us his formula for that um, and what he's saying, um, you know, with regards to thriving brands. And he gives us, he shows us a lot of stories of, you know, um, what brands are doing. He talks about connection. He talks about story. I don't want to go too deep. You have to listen to this episode for sure. And he also gives us his key principles being in the industry for well over 20 years on success in life. You know, what are the principles in success in life? And that's what his book, um, you know, is, which is Keep Swimming. So this, this convo, you know, thoroughly enjoyed it. It was very, very, very heartwarming. It was, um, it's, it's, you know, one of those, you know, just one of those, the, 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 those, those episodes you record where it's, it feels like a, a conversation, just, just a, a nice conversation. Um, so just keep swimming is his book. Um, I will link to it in the show notes. Enjoy this conversation. Um, and why should you listen? It's just really, if you're looking to move your CPG brand, um, you know, to, to grocery stores and, um, you want to know how it works and you want to get some, some, some principles to success. Um, along with that, definitely listen to, to this one. So enjoy my interview with Jim and I shall catch you on the other side. Cheers. The 2X e-commerce podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for email and SMS messaging. Whether you're launching your e-commerce business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo gives you the tools to get going faster. That is why it's trusted by over 50,000 e-commerce brands like Brooklinen, Non, and Chubbies. Build your contact list, send emails that pop, and create marketing moments that build valuable customer relationships over any distance. Get started for free today. Visit klaviyo.com forward slash 2x to create your free account. That is K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com forward slash 2x. Welcome, Jim. Welcome to the 2x e-commerce podcast. I've been looking forward to this conversation because it was about two months ago we last saw um, in person. Um, so yeah, welcome. Welcome to, 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 to the 2x e-commerce podcast. Thanks so much, Kunle. I, lo- I love your show. I love what you do. I love the audience that you reach. So I'm super excited uh, to give, give time and to be heard for sure. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. I want to dig into who Jim is. You know, people have heard the introduction, but, but who, from your opinion, who's, who's Jim Dory? Um, what do you, what was your childhood like? And um, what do you think were like your key memories that formed who Jim Dory today is? Very open-ended question. Yeah, no, it's so funny. I think about it all the time. The moments that break us, shape us, and make us, and all these things that happen as a kid. So I grew up uh, not too far from New York City uh, in northern New Jersey, um, the youngest of five kids. We were a you know, working-class family. Um, I spent a lot of years in a family um, grocery corner store where um, I got exposure to a lot of people from all walks of earth at a young age, and I was smart enough to listen and just hear these lessons every day. And some of them were older folks that would come in and spend time there and just kind of I would laugh and say hey you're solving the world's problems today so that kind of helped me early on to get a a street education I think Mm -hmm. Um, from there I went through some of the state schools public schools Um, I ended up eventually working in in sales and marketing and then um, you know one of the things that I talk about is having a discipline every day which um, I work out every morning early Um, 25 years ago I met a group early in the morning uh, at the gym that I would go to one of them ended up being the president of a large food company that after five or six years of knowing me personally said hey I want you to come join us Mm-hmm. Um, there, that was a company called Wakefern uh, Foods, which is about a $17 billion a U.S. Um, supermarket business. Uh, and then I spent uh, almost 20 years there where kind of brings me to today's career. Um, so I run 25 stores. Um, we're over a billion dollars in U.S. sales. And uh, I get the opportunity to work with thousands of associates every day and trying to take care of families. In- incredible. Incredible, 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 humble beginnings, um, good connections. What, what I picked up was, um, just discipline, a routine and, you know, um, you know, trust and, 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 and this is the outcome. Okay. So let's, let's go back into Wakefern food. How long were you there for? And, um, you know, what did you do there in, in the capacity of sales? 
Yeah, so the career was almost 20 years. When I initially wow. came in, it was uh, real estate, so helping to find new locations and negotiate leases uh, so we could build new stores. And then through there, I went into different divisions, helping to run frozen foods and dairy food divisions. Uh, then I eventually went into one of subsidiaries uh, called PriceRate Marketplace, um, and I moved up through various positions there, becoming the president about six or seven years ago. Uh, you know, as a 60-store chain, we have uh, supermarkets in um, – lower income areas throughout the East Coast of New Jersey. And then just about a year and a half ago, I moved to a related company, which is in Sarah Supermarkets. So running um, a, a bit of a bigger chain for a, a beautiful family owned company. Mm-hmm. And what's been the different, what's been the, what's been the difference in, in, from a point of view of your experience in, you know, working for Price Rights, which is, you know, a multi-billion dollar company and in Sarah, which, which now is, is a family, you know, run business. They're two sort of sizes. Yeah. You know, it's funny is uh, one side was a little more corporate, a lot of structures, a lot of meetings, a lot of multiple sign offs. And then you come to uh, to today's group where you have, you know, you have a family that's very involved in it. Um, they give you decision making rights. So it's a lot more on the go moving. But at the mm-hmm. end of the day, I think the thing that's the most the same anywhere I've been or anywhere you go is you're dealing with people every day, just trying mm-hmm. to do the right thing for your team. Show them that you appreciate them, respect them, giving them the room to grow and make great decisions and mm-hmm. uh, and having fun as you do it. You know, I, I say there's too many meetings that you walk into with a lot of people and everybody's got this real serious look on their face. Mm-hmm. And I always look around and say, hey, what if we all walked in smiling? Would that change how this meeting's going to go? So I try mm-hmm. and bring that every day. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Super, super interesting. You've been in the retail industry for for well over 20 years now. Um, and speaking of customers, um, you, you just talked about customers, you know, satisfying customers. Sure. How do you think shopping behavior has evolved um, from from 20 years back to today? Um, what, what key trends have you seen or shifts have you seen? And um, how do you see this panning out over the next few years? Yeah, I'll tell you, it's amazing how so many things have changed. Probably in the last six or seven years, the speed of change has been off the charts. But it's also amazing how so many things are still the same. So in some ends of it, you know, we're running physical supermarkets, but we also offer your online pickup and and then delivery to your door. So on one end, you have customers who are going to make that trip to the store. They're going to pick up meat. They're going to pick up seafood. They're going to pick up cheese and butter and vegetables, produce. Um, And then on the other end of it, you're competing with huge companies like Amazon and Walmart and Target and really just about anybody else. Where I always used to say 15 years ago, uh, at least in this market, market. If you wanted to buy a gallon of milk, you had to go to a grocery store or a supermarket. Uh, mm-hmm. At this stage of the game, you could have it show up at your door. You could get it at a gas station. You could get it at a convenience store. There's really so many different channels to serve the need. So you have to look at how do you take care of the customer and make them want to come into your store and then just cultivate them as a customer, whether their preferences, some days they want to order at their door in an hour. Uh, other days they want to do a large um, piece and then pick it up. And then other days they want to come into the store and stroll it for the experience. So you really need to deliver on every end of it. So again, I think there's a little bit of change, but the same, the, the, uh, the history of it. That's fascinating. So a lot of listeners in this show are, you know, running or part of um, operations that um, are like digital native CPG brands. Some might be just general, you know, products, but they're still selling to a consumer market. How do they efficiently, given how fluid and, you know, how easy it is, essentially, this is all about convenience from, from what you, you, you just said. Um, how, how do they efficiently allocate resources from a distribution standpoint to cater to at least 70 or 80% of their, you know, customers needs, you know, where, you know, meeting them where, wherever, wherever they are now in, in 2023. I think the most important thing you talk about is meeting them where they are. So many times you hear about brands or, or retailers or online that, that want to force, you know, they want to deliver in a certain way. And the customer is going to drive the way they want. And, and anytime we're looking at a promotion or a product or a pricing and we're trying to change the way people are behaving, you, know, you got to also consider what do they want? Are you meeting the need? Is it something that really has a purpose? Because that's going to help that success uh, so much more. And, and I give credit to 
to everybody who's listening that's you know building a brand, starting a brand, you know, trying to create something because that's what's making the world spin right now and it's it's making so many great stories. And I always have such respect for anybody that you know puts himself out there and uh, you, there's probably a lot of failures before you get the big hit, but yeah. you know, just keep pushing for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super, super, super interesting. So in in the so for, for like digital native brands, um what will be the first step? Um, so when I, by, by digital native, say you're selling, you know, on your Shopify store or you're selling on Amazon. Um, if you want to meet customers where they are, um, how would you do it, Jim? If, if you're a founder listening to, to this podcast? Yeah, listen, first I'd get out there and scramble. You got to get some volume going and get some momentum going because, you know, like they used to always say, nothing draws a crowd like a crowd. So when you got a little bit of momentum and you have people and you're making sales and you're moving product, then everybody mm-hmm. wants a piece of it. So as a retailer, you know, if we see somebody that's selling millions of units on TikTok, we want to learn more about it and say, hey, is there a way to tie into it? You think of like Mr. Beast who started his, you know, his candy bar. Yeah. You know, it just blew up because he had such a following. So as a traditional retailer, you want to understand, can I tap into that audience too? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a part of it. I think being online and, and connecting with other people trying to do the same things as you. Uh, when I, you know, I wrote Just Keep Swimming. It was about learning from my experience and sharing it with others. There's people that have made mistakes over years and years and years, and then they had some big hits. Um, mm-hmm. And if you can learn anything from them earlier on and try and you know help you get things going better and get more momentum more quickly, that's going to just compound immensely. So be out there with that. There's also these networking groups that have resources. You know, you're working on packaging. You may have somebody who you think is great, but you might run into a contact who puts you in touch with someone who can do it for a third of the price. And, you know, mm-hmm. and, and being, being cost conscious is going to be critical to making it happen. And then just continuing to reach out is important. And I think so having a purpose and being true to what your brand is. You know, we talked, you know, you and I offline talked a little bit about how a personal brand and building a CPG brand had so much in common. And if you're not authentic and you don't have a purpose and you don't have a reason and you're not true to what you say you're going to do and you're not different from what's out there, it's very hard to, to be the next great one. Okay, really, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot. Yeah, no. sorry, I had to go, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely. But but I picked up on on purpose, on on connecting with customers, with with the market, and um, you know, just having that story. What brands do you think are really doing it well? You know, building that momentum having that following and then scaling that following through channels such as, you know, um, you know, offline distribution or bricks and mortar. Yeah, I'll tell you, I, I said Mr. Beast early. I mean, you talk mm-hmm. about somebody who has this, you know, millions and millions of followers, mostly younger crowd. So somebody like a Target or Walmart sees that and says, hey, if we can have something that wants to bring that crowd in that we're probably underserving right now to come into our stores, that's a home run. I'll give you a couple examples of some smaller, newer ones that I talk about, but I think their purpose is so clear that any customer that hears their story is going to want to support them. So one is Coletti's Cookies. Uh, this is a young lady that we had met a few months back through LinkedIn and online connections, which I, you know I'm a big fan of, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Colette was born with Down syndrome. Um, she put herself through school. She went on a lot of job interviews, and she's super, you know, great personality. And every interview, they'd say, hey, you're, you're you know, really great. We really like you, but you're just not the right fit. So baking was always a hobby of hers. So over time, she said, you know what? I'm going to start my own business. And she started this business selling cookies, you know, door to door to some grocery stores and then doing some online, which she's doing really well with. And then through a mutual contact, we met and now we've gotten her into our stores. And she's probably in almost 100 retail stores at this point. And her message is to change the world one cookie at a time. She's hiring people with disabilities to make this product, which is fantastic. And to me, that's a connection that any parent, any family, any really good person is going to want to be a part of. And the cookies are delicious. So she's going to blow up. Um, another example, you know, you and I talked about Kunli is our friend Howie P, you mm-hmm. know, with Mighty Yum. So, um, you know, Lunchables for everybody who doesn't know is a is a kid's snack that's in the dairy section in the U.S. at least. And it's something that you eat on the go. So Howie P and, and Mark, you know, his partner, uh, they wanted to change and improve how people eat on the go. So they came up with this plant-based Mighty Yum product, fantastic packaging. You got a couple of people behind it who have built billion dollar brands, 
but they're very true to their purpose. You know, he's very passionate, both of them and their whole team, about helping kids to eat better and helping families to eat better. So when you get that behind and you get all those ingredients, yeah, it just takes off and explodes. Um, you have some other examples, but those are just a couple to me that are really going to change things. And, and they're very clear on their purpose. So people want to support them. Absolutely. Uh, how P was, was, was on the show, um, you know, a few months ago, sure. just incredible presence. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I met him in person. I met you in person, you know, in, in October, um, at the Think Billion, you know, events and, 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 and Mighty Yom is, is amazing. I follow them on Instagram and, and they're, 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 they're set to, to change the world, you know, um, Agreed. and give, give, give children, you know, where it all starts, you know, a, a good start in, in life with better options, with better shopping options. Similar to what we're doing at Octillion, but but at a huge scale and with a very 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 um you know um pinned focus you know which which is children and and, and convenience you know convenient meals which which I find really 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 fascinating and you know just incredible. Okay, so with with these stories and I, and, and I really really get what you're talking about with regards to stories. Um, so you know having these stories that actually speak to you know good people, as you said, you know people who want to stand behind your story. You know people like the the David and Goliath story all the time, and you know standing you know by, by it. Do you have any um, guidelines um, to, to 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 listeners or for listeners on um, on how to craft your story? Because some of us have stories. We all have stories behind us but we we just don't know how to to tell them and um what 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 separates you know good from great is you know the great brands do have that ability to tell the story in the most articulate emotional way that gets people connected to the brand long term and they keep telling their story the story you know keeps changing you know and, and that you know helps with retention yeah, you know, it's, it's such a good point. And, and the fact is, you got to keep telling your story because, you know, you've heard it a million times, but to the rest of the world, it's the first time they're hearing it. It's so hard to reach that audience. So I think the fact is, it's got to be something that's real and you really believe in. So are you putting the best ingredients that you possibly can in? Are you trying to solve a problem with making a great value for the customer, whoever that customer is? You know, are you willing to, you know, to grind it and maybe not make as much as you want early on to build the volume? And are you clear on where you want it to be? So what is the success? If you're starting your brand today, um, some people want to, you know, they have some really healthy product that they just want to help people to eat better. And that's all they want to do. And they want to get it into as many hands as they can. And they don't care if they ever make a dollar. You know, they're going to be a nonprofit and they're really, that's their belief. And that's great for them. Uh, you got other people that say, hey, I want to build it up to a million cases a month. And then I want to sell it to somebody huge and cash out. And that's great too. Um, and I think you need to be clear on it. And it's okay to understand that as it goes along, the answer may change. You know, you may start off and say, hey, I want to help the world. And then you may say, you know what, if I cash out for a billion dollars, I can help even more people. So mm -hmm. being clear on that and then always checking yourself having people around you, whether it's a team of your own or a sounding board, your own personal board of directors, um, that can kind of keep you in check and can ask you hard questions because uh, when you're running it and you're, just, you're, you're the main person and you start to grow it, you tend to get a lot of people around you who let you make all the decisions. Mm -hmm. But at a certain point, you're going to need people to tell you, hey, you're a little bit off track or at least to check you to make mm -hmm. you think about it. Uh, and that's really important because, you know, the people who don't get that, you know, great pushback, um, they tend to go on on a one track um, that maybe is not the best way to get there. So you got to be open to it, taking advice from as many people as you can. You don't have to always um, follow that advice, but I think hearing as much as you can so you can kind of put it against what you know is, is, is a great way to succeed as well. Absolutely. Perspective is so important. And, you know, we only we only have so much, um, you know, visibility from, from our view, you know, from, from a certain angle. Um, which speaks to this advisory board, you know, you're, you're, you're alluding to, um, what personalities, what, um, what expertise at a minimum should entrepreneurs have, you know, around them. Um, so, you know, the ideas are, are, are ring tested and, and, um, you know, and, and, and then they take, you know, um, more informed decisions. How would you design that council, you know, around you? 
Yeah, it's great. And it's going to be different for everybody. I had the example. Um, I had the privilege to go to Harvard Business School in an executive management program called the Advanced Management Program. And in that, I was already, you know, an adult, an executive, you know, with children. My company sent me to live at Harvard for two months. And you go wow. into a group, a living group with 150 executives from all over the world uh, with all different experiences. Some of them ran huge utilities. Some of them ran banks. Some of them were entrepreneurs. Uh, and from there, you know, those are a group of people that, you know, we talked about how do you build your own board? And some mm-hmm. of them may be in a totally different business from you, but you like the way that they carry themselves. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of them are you know, very financially savvy and you say, hey, that's a resource for me. Some of them are just good, grounded people. And you say, you know what? They make me feel good when I'm around and I like the way they speak. Uh, and mm-hmm. those are some of the people. So I think it's going to be a collection. And, and, and I like to look at my network of people the same way. Yeah, I, I'm constantly making connections, whether it's LinkedIn, online, through business. I love to learn people's stories hear about what they do. And then I like to connect them with people who I think could help each other. So mm-hmm. if I have a couple of great friends and, and you being one of them now, if I meet somebody who I think is, you know, could have something in common, just connect them and see what happens. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's just a matter of growing that ring. But from that becomes the board. Um, and then it's just a content that you can grab everywhere. You know, I talk about it now. You, know, you think between, you know, the podcasts that are out there, the YouTube classes that you could take a class from a Stanford professor for free right now. Mm-hmm. And you should take every resource that you can and spend all your time. You got to put time aside, whether you're reading or listening, to just expand and learn. And that, you know, some of these podcasters end up becoming a part of your council, even though you don't even know them, because some mm-hmm. of their advice starts to guide you on what you want to do. So it's a different collection for everybody. And I think um, a well-rounded group uh, is, is certainly going to benefit you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I guess the message there is just don't do it on your own. Um, you know, it takes a village and build that village. Just a follow on question on there. Do you ever bring your advisors together um, in the same room to, to brainstorm on a topic if, if possible, especially when they're in different you know, industries or even different parts of the world? Yeah, and that's not so much in person, but we will jump on a you know, Zoom call from time to time because of location and everyone's time differences and schedules, et cetera. Uh, when possible, you know, anytime I can get in, get in a room with a few of the people that I really respect and just spend some time. Sometimes it's just kind of talking about life, you know, where you are. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's talking about a business issue. Uh, that's always time well spent. And, and, and I think it's necessary too. Sometimes, you know, if you're living in your, your factory or in your, in your plant or in your office and you're just grinding all day fixed on one thing, you need an hour or two to get out where you talk about different topics and you think you, you may think you don't have time to do that, but the time that it's going to give you back to clear your mind. And like you said earlier on, kind of meditate and get yourself grounded uh, usually is going to pay off tenfold. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Let's take this quick break to hear from our sponsors. The subscription market is predicted to grow to nearly 500 billion by 2025. As a fast growing area in commerce, subscriptions hold tremendous opportunities to build a community of customers who share your values. Recharge is the leading subscription management solution, helping e-commerce merchants of all sizes launch and scale subscription offerings. Recharge powers the growth of over 15,000 subscription merchants and their communities, turning one-time transactions into long-term customer relationships. Whether you're a direct-to-consumer business or an omni-channel brand, subscriptions strengthen the brand relationships with your customers and make it easy for customers to make repeat purchases. With subscriptions, merchants are able to experience predictable revenue, increased customer loyalty, and higher average order values. Turn transactions into relationships and experience seamless subscription commerce with Recharge. Get started today with a subscription payment solution trusted by over 50 million subscribers worldwide by heading over to rechargepayments.com forward slash 2x. That is rechargepayments.com forward slash 2x.
Did you know that loyal customers are nine times more likely to convert compared to a first-time shopper? That's why exceptional customer service is so important for your retention and growth. I recommend using Gorgeous, the leading help desk for Shopify, Magento, and big commerce merchants. Gorgeous combines all your communication channels, including email, SMS, social media, live chat, and phone into one platform. This saves your team hours per day and makes managing customer orders a breeze. It also integrates seamlessly with your existing tech stack so you can access customer information and even edit, return, refund, or create an order right from your help desk. To learn more, go to gorgeous.com. That's G-O-R-G-I-A-S.com and mention 2X e-commerce podcast for two months free. That is gorgeous.com for two months free. Just mention 2X e-commerce. Okay. So my next question is, it's a bit left field. Are you, are you, are you a swimmer? Uh, not really. That's, that's the ironic part. <laughs> you know where this is going. I do. I do. <laughs> All right. Um, so your, your book, your book is called, um, just keep swimming. Um, I, I've spoken to, to a few folks, you know, personal folks who've read the book and, um, they've said it's incredible. I'm just about to order the Kindle version. <laughs> um, I think it's just available on amazon.com, um, in terms of like the hardcover and the paperback. So I'm going to get the Kindle. I'm going to be in the States in, um, in December. So I'll make sure I, I get a, a copy. Beautiful. Um, so just keep swimming towards success, fulfillment and happiness. Um, why just keep swimming and um, why did you write write this book? Yeah, I'll tell you what. Thank, thanks for getting it. Thanks for anybody who picks it up. And and I say in it, if I help one person, you know, to to make things better for themselves, it's worth the effort. And and I've gotten enough feedback to know that that was a success. So the reason I wrote it and just keep swimming is to keep moving forward always, always onward, always upward. We're gonna have all kinds of challenges. You're gonna have setbacks. Sometimes you're gonna be on a great run. It's gonna go really well forever. But there's gonna be things that set you back, or there's gonna be challenges ahead of you. And you gotta move forward. You're no. Nobody, I, I meet far too many people that are stuck in neutral thinking about a plan. You know, they're crafting this perfect plan to build their business or, or do something with their life or create a charity or whatever it is, but they're waiting to get the plan 100% developed and a year later, they never have gone anywhere. To me, I'm like, take that 80% plan and charge forward and craft it as you go to get it where you need to be. So it's about moving forward that way. And like I said earlier, you know, writing down all these thoughts over six or seven years, you know, I got a lot of experience and you learn a lot of hard lessons. And again, uh, just like with your children, if you can try and show them one thing to help them avoid pain, you know, it's a great thing. If you can, if they can be convinced that when you say, Hey, a flame is very hot, don't put your hand in there and you can avoid them burning their hand one time. It's fantastic. Now, a lot of times as we, no, there's no other way. You're going to put their hand in there anyway and say, well, you know what? You were right. About You're that. right. <laughs> yeah, so, so maybe they take the next advice. And, and that was the whole part of it. And yeah. I'll tell you the, the funniest thing to me, and you know, fortunate to know a lot of people doing really well and really successful. And when I wrote the book, uh, even my wife, yeah, I didn't even tell her I was doing it. She said, you have a book. Why, why didn't you tell me about it? And I said, I said, I thought I would just show you rather than tell you, you know, we could all talk about what we're going to do, but just put it out there. And, and a, a bunch of my friends said, man, I, I've been thinking about writing a book forever. And yeah, what do you do? How'd you do it? I said, listen closely, because I'm going to tell you how I did it. All right. All right. Tell, I, say, go for it. <laughs> I got started. I start today. Go yeah. ahead. Start writing it. Don't say you want to do it. You know, it's like when you talk about, hey, I want to play, you know, uh, I want to play in the World Cup in soccer. You do. Yeah. If you did, you'd be out on the field 24-7 training, putting yourself, you know, outworking everybody else. But to say I want to do it and sit back and watch it on TV and say, wouldn't that be great? You don't really want to do it. That's just something you dream about doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, yeah, a dream, you know, a dream is, it's just, just a dream. It's just a thought. A thought is just a dream and, right. and you need to take action, right? Okay. So you, you, in chapter one, you talk about building the right mindset and it's evident that the right mindset is, is getting started, you know, setting goals. Um, are there any other, any other elements of, of just orientating yourself in the right mindset, which will be set for success? You know, what patterns have you, you know, sort of established um, from, from that perspective? 
Yeah, it's definitely about disciplines and having, you know, anybody you meet who's who's done well over time, you, know, you, you see the success they have and you say, wow, yeah, I want to be there. But you don't see all the setbacks that they had and all the hard work that they put in. So you need to be constant and consistent. Um, talk about continual improvement, right? Every day yeah. getting a little bit better at it. Mindset wise, you got to, you know, to me, the positive force that you have to be and bring that energy every day. There's a lot of people you run into who, you know, have a look on their face and they're kind of grumpy all the time and you they may be great you may do business with them but typically you're going to be more drawn to the person that's a little more upbeat and's got that positive energy and that yeah. you that when you bring that to other people that ends up bringing more opportunity to you and and I talk about all the time yeah, to younger you know people that I meet and uh, yeah, I try and share advice wherever I can. Some want it, some don't, and that's okay. But yeah, mm -hmm. I said, listen, you want to make as many fans of Coonley as you can, right? So you're going to meet people all along the way. Um, if you can always make a good impression and always do your work and always help and, and go above and beyond, there's going to mm -hmm. be a room one day where they're talking about an opportunity. You don't know who's in the room because you don't get to choose. You don't mm -hmm. know what the opportunity is, and you don't even know that the conversation's happening. But the more people that are in that room that are fans of yours and, and have seen your great work and your great attitude, that's just going to bring you opportunity. So every day you're working on that and making it happen. Uh, mm. And that, that over time, you just compounds more and more opportunity. And, and then mm. obviously you got to want to put in the work, you know, any given day, it's easy to kick back and not do it. And, and sometimes you need a day of rest and that's fine. But over time, if you're putting in an extra hour of productivity, an extra two hours, you're making an extra 10 calls or you're putting out an extra five emails to promote or you're reaching out to one more connection. You take that body of work and, you know, you get to be older like me. And it, it's a lot of years of adding mm -hmm. up that you just got more years of work than everybody around you. And it's just, mm -hmm. you know, even if you're not fantastic at it, you're going to get ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big, big ideas I picked up from there was likability. Um, you know, networking, not in the sleazy way, but, but really <laughs> genuinely, yeah. you know, connecting with people. So they're your own advocates and then hard work. You know, it's, you, you've got to put in, you know, the, 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 the work on, on, on a regular basis. Yeah, if I, if I could add to, to your point is, and I should have been more clear, which was excellent, mm. is that the sleazy way, you, you got to network people for no no purpose for yourself exactly. again like you see good people you think they could help each other or you know of a resource or an article that you read that might help mm -hmm. somebody who's working on something sharing it with them and not looking for anything in return that's the body of work that's the network that you're going to have yep. that people know you know you've helped me six or seven times and, and you never asked anything in return yep. um there's a gentleman who you know, have huge respect for anthony gordon who is just huge mm -hmm. in so many aspects um and you know he's he, he wanna, when i start a call with him he usually starts off the call with saying, how can I help you today? What can I do for you? Mm -hmm. um, and, and most times I don't have any ask, but it's just, that's his outlook on everybody he talks to. And it's a great mm -hmm. outlook. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's just value driven relationships, yeah. value driven relationships, value, 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 value. And, you know, it's just things you say to yourself um, from a mindfulness standpoint. Um, do you do you do you lean on any mindfulness practice um, to, to, to help with with mindset? Yeah, it's funny. Like I, I never strict meditation, but sometimes just when I'm exercising, you know, in my head and it's it's kind of funny because I used to when I was younger, I'd say, hey, what are the other executives at my level doing? Are they here this morning doing this work? And that was like a motivation for me, which, I, you know, I, I don't know if it's I laugh because I said it's a little crazy to have that in your mind. But it was something that made me made me work harder. But uh, not like meditation, but, you know, I'll, I'll get to the beach. I'll try a little bit of fishing. I never catch anything. But, yeah, I always say they say, <laughs> Bless you. yeah, yeah. They, they always I'll see somebody walking away. They'll say, yeah, the, the question is, do you catch anything i always say yeah peace of mind but it's just <laughs> you know being by the water hearing the sound getting the fresh air yeah that's my time um even when i'm driving because i do spend time in the car you know mm -hmm. typically i have some kind of podcast on uh something that i'm learning from but it's also setting your tone for where you're going to end up because if you're in traffic and you're getting crazy and yelling and screaming and beeping horn and then you shoot into the next meeting you're going to bring that with you so you got to have yeah. the yeah you got to bring that and and one one line that i created that i live every day now is I want to put a smile on my face 
before I put my feet on the floor. So every day when I wake up, I literally open my eyes and I remind myself I got to smile because mm. I'm going to get out of bed. My family might only see me for those few minutes before I get the day started. Um, and I want them to see, you know, the good that I'm bringing also. And it can't be, you know, they don't get the grumpy me and the rest of the world gets to see you know, upbeat me. It's not fair. Mm, mm, mm. Super, super interesting. No, I, I, I like that. And I, I like that a, a, a lot um, from, from the perspective of the first thing you do you know, in the morning is essentially smile, you know, um, it's, it's a deliberate, it's a very intentional, you know, um, you know, thing to do. So, so interesting. I'll, I'll steal that from you for sure. <laughs> yeah, you're smiling all the time anyway. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, the other thing I picked up from that is like, you know, mindfulness is just slowing down and, you know, listening to yourself. So over the weekend, I felt, you know, I had a flu or something. Oh, and on, and yesterday, thank you. And, and yesterday I went out for a run and, you know, I was just focusing on my breathing. And that in itself is is a meditative state when you're just focusing on your breathing, and just in and out, in and out. And, you know, just clearing that mind, and which which is so important. And a lot of us, you know, that, that live in really busy cities or what have you, just don't have the time or we're, we're parents and we're, we're jumping from one yeah. thing to another another you know just don't have half the time yeah listen okay. the, the struggle is real right and if you could put your phone down for for a half an hour and not think mm -hmm. about the text or the social media or, or the messages you're just disconnecting it's just so powerful but it's so hard to do and like mm -hmm. you said you got so many people pulling at you and so many um you know responsibilities that you, you need you need it, it could be 10 minutes and that could serve your purpose mm -hmm. interesting okay and and then any other really big ideas from the book you'd, you'd like to, 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 to share with us. I mean, there's, there's, um, there's, there's a chapter dedicated to, to getting in with a plan, you know, season every each and every day, you know, less stress is, is, is more success. What, why is less stress more success, you know, with this hustle culture <laughs> we're in, everybody is, you know, trying to, um, you know, express, you know, just share, you know, how many hours of sleep they got and, you know, how many hours of, of the grind, particularly when you're in your 20s and your 30s, sure. right? Is, is this a, a, a post 40 um, reality or <laughs> would you say <laughs> a 20 year old person should, should not stress? Listen, I don't think anybody is at their best self when they're stressed, right? Mm. You think about the physical and mental changes that happen to you when you're really in a stressful situation, and you're not going to be reacting your best way. Your breathing's going to change. Your speaking's going to change. And you know, listen, early on, I learned this. You get in front of a board meeting, and when you're waiting for your turn, your heart starts to go, and you feel it mm. up in your chest, and you're tightening. And th through some work with some people who helped me with, to be more mindful of it, it was like, no, hey, take control of your heart rate. Take control of your body. And then focus on and, and I used to say this, I'd say, man, sometimes it'd be stressful getting in front of a board meeting. But in, in our in my prior company, we would um, recognize people who had years of service, 30 years, 40 years of service. They'd come to the board and they, you know, they'd say thank you. And it was really nice. And I said one day, you know what? To them, it's a privilege to come here. It took them 40 years to get in front of this board to be addressed and you could see how much they appreciated it. I should mm -hmm. appreciate every single opportunity I get to do it. And now look at it as an opportunity to show what I'm capable of and show people who I am every single time. Um, so that when you take that stress out of it, it just becomes much more powerful. And then you take that energy and put it into something that's going to drive you. Mm, I, I love the framing of gratitude, you know, just Thank just reframing a, a stressful situation and, and finding essentially the, the, the good in it to, to, to change your entire, you know, um, perspective, which which is which is very, very deeply mindful in itself. OK, so we're just about to wrap up um, and I, I want to go back to um, distribution. You know, a lot of listeners still listening now. Um, want to kind of, you know, get, um, you know, just some final tips. I, I personally want to get some final sure. tips so, on, on, on how to, um, you know, get distribution. Um, how do you talk to, to retail buyers? how do you get their attention? You know, they're, 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 they're inundated with, with a lot of, um, new products. how do you stand out? Um, what's the, what's the importance of packaging and um, what about your personality? What's the best way to cut through that noise and speak to people like you <laughs> to get more distribution? 
Ask, ask him for a friend, huh? <laughs> ask him for a friend. <laughs> yeah, so I'll tell you what. There's so many great resources, a couple of them. First of all, every entrepreneur that I've met is super helpful and, and looking to help others. So if you reach out, you go online and make all of these connections, that's one thing. Uh, incubators that are out there. There are some phenomenal ones. Big Idea Ventures is one. Uh, Andrew Ive, great guy who started a business based on, um, they were mostly food-related startups, uh, a lot of plant-based stuff. But, you know, they have these cohorts every two times a year. Now they have them in five different cities around the world. And you get a chance to pitch your idea. Also talking to the broker world, right? So a lot of the food brokers that are out there, they're the ones that will get you into a large retail chain. And they're going to talk to you about, listen, some of them, it's like anything else. You got to find the right one. Some of them are looking for every penny for themselves. But then Mm -hmm. there's some really great ones that will take the time Mm -hmm. to tell you, hey, here's what you're going to need to do before you can think about getting on the shelves. And here's what it's going to take. And sometimes it's an investment. So there's just all all of those resources that any one of those, if you start now just building that network of it, you're going to find people that are going to help you. Obviously, it starts with you got to have a great product. If your product mm-hmm. has no need and there's no market for it, you know, all the great resources in the world won't help you there. But even that being said, they may help you to your next idea. You know, we talked mm-hmm. about how we pay his, his first billion dollar company. I think he said he had over 30 failures of startups before mm-hmm. he got to that hit. So you got to be willing to put that in and know that you know, I, I came from the world of sales, and one day I learned the statistic that most um, customers are going to say no eight times before they say yes, but most salespeople will only ask three times. So if you do the math and you never get past three, and it takes to get to number nine to get that yes, you got to be persistent and you got to be willing. The no's are part of it. I used to think early on, oh, great, one more no gets me that much closer to that yes. And you got to have that mindset in your head if you're going to build something great. Mm, mm, mm. really really good 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 stuff to, to unpick you know there um yeah in, interesting re- really interesting so those networks are really important you know um you know get getting through to, to 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 those networks another question i have final question i have really is um you know say you built your your your, your business you know online um you've got your first order um, you know, for, for a bricks and mortar distribution, you know, Dale, you're, you're going to about um, 70 stores or something. You're launching into 70 or 100 stores. And then you're like, okay, um, you know, there's cash. Um, there's not enough cash in bank to essentially fulfill this order for the retailers. And retailers want that, you know, speed, agility. They want you to, to get into the stores. What would you advise, you know, what, what would you advise from a capital stack standpoint um, to, to, to entrepreneurs in, 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 in order to, to fulfill their, 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 their retail, you know, purchase orders? Yeah, listen, your point is great because it takes all that work to finally get that order. You don't want to disappoint on the first one. So no. yeah, you got to have that backing. I mean, there's all kinds of equity out there. There's all kinds of venture capitals. There's all kinds of people who look for startups and maybe they're going to take a piece of it. And some of these accelerators, uh, Factory LLC is another one. Uh, this is a couple of gentlemen. He built a couple billion dollar brands. And now he takes, um, you, know, you come in, pitch your idea. They help, uh, I don't know if it's 12 companies at a time, and they give them every resource they need, including financing, to get ready to launch. Uh, And then when you do, if you got the money behind you, you finally get that order, my advice is to be in every one of those stores if it's possible. You know, ask, hey, can I do demos? Can I stand by where I'm going to display and give it out and and get people to try it? Because when you think about, like one of our supermarkets might have 60,000 items in there today, and they all have a purpose. So just because you're excited because Coonley brought his new brand in today, the rest of the world didn't notice, you know, those 60,000 items are still there. So you're some little spot on a shelf somewhere. How are you going to make it stand out? So if you can get some people in there sampling it, talking about it, telling your story, you know, customers are people too, and they, they want to root for somebody. So uh, mm-hmm. if you can make a few connections and you know how it spreads, mm-hmm. you know, use your, you know, there's so many talented people with social media and their reach there. Make sure you're doing everything you can to hype it up. Because if I know a brand's going to come in and they're going to go over and above and they're really personally invested in it, I'm going to give them more of a chance. It's not just going to be a number that I look at after four months and say, wow, we only sold 50 cases. You know, they're out the door. So mm-hmm. uh, you, you can improve, improve your chances by being a real face behind because those buyers, you know, a majority of them too are, are, are good people that want to see you succeed. Mm-hmm. Jim, as, as you know, being in the retail industry yourself, you know, you know, running stores, what, how do you make decisions on what brands 
to stay, which is pretty easy. You know, they're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're moving off the shelves and what to take off. What's, what's a decision-making sort of psyche? Um, just for, for listeners to kind of get, um, you know, some, some perspective on what to do or what not to do. Sure. Listen, I mean, customers are typically going to tell you, right? If it's selling, it's staying, right? For the most part. Um, you know, you, sometimes the, the manufacturer, sometimes the person who created the item makes a shift and they want to change it. It ends up being about volume at the end of the day because to run the stores, to deliver, it's just so expensive to keep that inventory coming in. So if if, if the customers are picking it up and you get to have realistic expectations too. So what does success look like for your brand? If you're like a specialty, um, you know, type of tofu-based jerky, you know, whatever item it is, you know, your expectation might be, okay, two cases per store per week is going to be successful. If you're mm-hmm. an Oreo cookie brand, you know, flavor, you may need 100 cases per store per week to be successful. So setting mm-hmm. that up early on and the financials behind it is going to be what it is. And and from your, from your partners, your retailers, uh, building that expectation too. Also, mm-hmm. if you can get that online presence and you're selling a lot, and if you're in other retailers, I, I say sometimes retailers are like kids, they don't want it until somebody else has it. So yeah. if we see something on the shelf at Walmart, we're more likely to say, hey, we, we should be considering that. Yep. Yeah. I hope that yeah. helps. It makes sense. Makes okay. a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. I'm going to wrap up now with um with our lightning round, um, you know, line of questions. <laughs> evergreen I hope rapid. I can move quick enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you could use one single, you know, sentence to, to answer each question I ask, it'd be great. Um, ready when you are. Go. So what advice would you give to yourself five years ago? Just keep moving forward. Like that. Are you a morning person? 100%. What's your morning morning routine like, your daily morning routine? Put a smile on my face before my feet hit the floor and then go. <laughs> Are you into sports? Yes. If yes, what's your favorite, what's your favorite team? Uh, no favorite team. I love NCAA college football and college basketball. Mm-hmm. Why college and why not the why not the NFL and, and NBA? You know the leagues got really political here a few years ago, and everything mm. was about you know it, it, you couldn't just watch a game and enjoy it. Which when I watch it, I want to enjoy it. And mm. it, it, in the college aspect of it, it's just kids that are working. Some of them are going to be millionaires, but a lot of them are just doing it because they love the game, and it's just so competitive. And you can watch. 10 games and I'm better when I'm not personally connected to the team because I get upset and angry when I see them do poorly. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's yeah, the purity there. Okay. So what two things can't you live without? Uh, my family and coffee. Fantastic. And what book are you currently reading or listening to? Uh, it's funny. It's the Bible in a year. I'm listening to it, which, yeah, I said, I probably should have done this a long time ago, but, uh, <laughs> it's, it's pretty insightful. I've heard a lot of the stories, but to hear them again is helpful. It's never too late. So lately <laughs> yeah. I, I've been, I've been giving, so lately, so I have an 11 year old son nice. and he's been coming back to me with, you know, um, just challenges he's facing in school. And a lot of the time it's, it's like, you know, Bible story. So I tell him about Daniel in the lion's den and how that turned out. And just interested how like, you know, my mom used to sit me down and tell me to read yeah. you know, passages in the Bible. And now it's, yeah, it, it's just. You become your subliminal. parents. <laughs> exactly. I am a parent. <laughs> All right, Jim, it's an absolute pleasure having you on the, you know, 2X e-commerce podcast show. Um, for people who want to find find out more about you. Um, I have, I've linked up to your, we'll be linking up to your, your LinkedIn profile and Instagram from the show notes. Um, we're also going to be linking up to your book, just keep swimming. Um, folks listening, this is an amazing book. Have get a copy. We'll link onto it. It's just keep swimming towards success, happiness, and fulfillment. There is a lot of wisdom from Jim on here. Jim, Thank you so much for coming on the Torex e-commerce podcast. It's been too much fun, Quinley. Thank you so much. I appreciate everybody's time. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of 2X e-commerce. We encourage you to connect with our community of 2X e-commerce listeners on our Facebook group, e-commerce growth accelerator mastermind. Just search for 2X e-commerce on Facebook to find it. Answer three questions and you'll be approved. Grab the show notes of this episode on our website, 2xecommerce.com. Finally, if you haven't already, give the show a review on your podcasting app. Catch you on the next show and keep growing.